Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Don't you always want to be the best you can be? The Frankie Boyer Show. What is this? It's more than a lifestyle show. It's a show about living in today's world. I think something is happening. Frankie enthusiastically brings an amazing eclectic mix to the airwaves. You got that right. One of the reasons she's earned legions of loyal fans is very simple. When you listen to the Frankie Boyer Show, you just never know what's going to happen next. So listen for yourself. Here is Frankie Boyer. And welcome. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited today. We have watched this extraordinary woman on television for, I think, almost two decades now. And for those of you just joining us, it's Frankie Boyer with BizTalk Radio. Victoria Wick is an amazing entrepreneur, but her story, and she's had so much success, but her story is a rags to riches story and she asks everybody the question are you sitting on a million dollar passion and that is the title of her book victoria so you've been you were live on hsn for 19 years and that was one of the days when you had to travel victoria how the heck did you do that oh my gosh yeah, thank you so much. I traveled actually about twice a month to Tampa, and um, it was just an extraordinary time at that time. And, you know, this is my 24th year. I think it's my 25th year, actually, on TV, live TV. Um, so, you know, I think just amazing fans just out there connecting with me time and time out, day in and day out. And um, I can't, you know, it's just amazing. Thank you so much for so. So let's go, let's do the backstory, because... You 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 migrated from South Korea to America with your parents with only thirty dollars. That's right, thirty dollars. And from that start, you have built a successful business with over five hundred million in sales. Oh my gosh, Victoria. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. So the backstory is uh, really interesting. I've I've been told it's interesting and inspiring. So um, just a quick backstory. I grew up in South Korea in a little seaside village. And, uh, I, you know, you're a kid. You don't know what you don't know. So I was kind of happy. And we were kind of a middle-class family there. And my parents at that time uh, were concerned about the Korean, you know, culture of um, basically they didn't want girls. And they had four girls. So they wanted to come to America <laughs> oh, at any cost. They came here so that, you know, my, my father said, if my girls want to be uh, a housewife and didn't want to go to work outside the home, let it be her choice and not the choice of society. So he wanted us to have an opportunity, paid a huge price. Everything got frozen. Uh, and he ended up with 30 bucks in his, you know, with a family of seven. But what I really lo- love to, you know, leave your audience with is this. Um, when I built my company, 
because I didn't have a childhood, once I landed here, we lived in the ghetto. I went to school with kids that, you know, brought switchblades and there were gunfights all the time in my school. Oh, my gosh. Where um, did you wind yeah. up? What, what city were you in? East Los Angeles, South Central is where we live. Oh, boy. So this is where yeah. the walks you know, is still going on. And, you know, we yes. were petrified and horrified because we didn't see that in South Korea. So came here and my childhood was taken away, you know, just because I had to help my parents raise the other four siblings that were younger than me. So when I grew up, I wanted to be a mom. I really, you know, going to work so some other lady is going to take care of my children was just not an option. So I built a company, and Frankie, you probably don't even know this, but I started my jewelry company because that's the only thing I knew that I can connect with emotionally. And then um, I went to I went to work basically from 6 a.m. to about 8 a.m., um, and I thought, like, you know, what uh, What can I do between 6 and 8 a.m.? Because my kids had, had to drop my kids off at, at school at 8 a.m. Um, so, you know, n- coming from Korea, I knew there were different time zones. So somewhere, someplace, it had to be daytime. And so that daytime place was Europe. So I contacted, you know, Harrods, London, all the department stores in Europe, um, Netherlands, Holland. I mean, just everything by fax in those days. And so I opened a global business from 60. If you work really hard just for the two hours, you, you can't believe how, you know, I know you're so busy, uh, Frankie. I know how much you get done in a day. Two hours is eternity. So I opened all these stores. Then um, during the day when my kids were in school, I worked. But then when I got off, when they got off school at 2 p.m., um, I didn't work until about 9 p.m. my time, you know, until they went to, you know, they went to bed. And then at 9 p.m., which is uh, daytime in Asia, I, you know, I basically frantically went to work over there. So I actually had a global business and I had a virtual business before COVID time, which was, is kind of interesting, you know, back in 1989. Yeah. Before yeah. it was the end thing to do, you were doing it. You were absolutely yeah. doing it. Victoria, you had, tell me what it is within you, because your love for jewelry, okay. What was it, though, that was it the fact that you wanted to get be better, that you wanted to not have your kids raised by someone else? You had mentioned that. But what was the passion that fueled you? Yeah, you know, when I was growing up in that environment, you know, things were pretty rough. So I had I had a lot of time by myself. My parents went to work at 6 a.m. Um, and it didn't come back until dark. So I thought to myself, you know, there has to be a purpose in my life. And my parents went through extraordinary sacrifices to get there. And I wasn't going to waste it. And at the same time, um, the reason they brought me to America so I could be whoever I wanted to be, not what society wanted me to be. So instead of like, you know, going for degrees like doctors, lawyers and all that, I followed my passion. I was always a creative person. And what I found out um when I, you know, after I went to college and everything, what I found out was that jewelry in America was sold mostly on status. Like, you know, this is a two-carat diamond from Tiffany's or, you know, this is a whatever gray diamond. There was very little style. There was very little personal reflection, you know, personality reflective designs out there. And I thought, gee, it's, you know, first of all, it's very boring. And secondly, um, there was not a lot of affordable jewelry. If you recall, Frankie, like way back in 89, in the 80s, that was the um, decade of, uh, I guess, indulgence where people just bought anything just for inflated prices. 
And I just felt that there was, you know, a group of people, moms especially, who wanted to save money for their children's future. They still wanted to have beautiful things that they could leave for their families. And, um, you know, so I wanted to create timeless designs at affordable prices that women who went to work, who, you know, really a lot of us uh, who went to work at that time felt guilty leaving our children at home. So I really did my market research and found, you know, these great group of women who didn't want to, you know, spend everything they make on a piece of jewelry just for status. So there was a market niche that I tapped into that was huge. All I had to do was show up. I mean, I opened up Saks, Nemus, Nordstrom's, just everybody. I just, I just showed up and they bought, which is crazy. And you, you specialize in semi-precious stones as well, Victoria? Yes. So my business was so strange because um, right in Beverly Hills, you know, I did a lot of work for the studios, a lot of movie stars. Because I had, you know, uh, talents for designing pieces, they would pay a lot of money. But then the average American, you know, who didn't want to spend that kind of money, they've got the same designs, but, you know, lesser, smaller diamonds. So I had the diamonds, gemstones, and then I had the CD line. So, you know, I basically uh, did all of the above. And and I would say I succeeded in in all of them because, you know, it just really comes down to, you know, I felt like a nobody when I was growing up in uh, East L.A. Um, And I was kind of, I felt like invisible, you know, wouldn't speak English, wouldn't understand the culture. Uh, I had no friends. I had no time friends. So when I grew up, um, I really, when I marketed, you know, uh, you you watch me on TV. When I talk to people on TV... I talk to everyone with a lot of respect. Um, I try to understand who they are, what they need, um, and try to make them feel better. You know, it's like um, like that the quote from Maya Angelou. You know, people will never forget how you know you made them feel. So, oh, I love when that I'm quote. Talk- yes. yeah. When I'm talking yes. on, on TV, you know, you know, you watch TV, and when people come on, you know, like other jewelry personalities would come on and talk about, you know, oh my God, I was on a yacht, and you know, I went to. Um, you know, such and such party and everybody was clamoring all over me because of my jewelry. Well, I don't talk like that. When I go on TV, I talk about, hey, you know, don't you love it that fall season is here when you can get together with your families, when you get to, you know, really, you know, make that amazing connections again. And, you know, and when you have these people over, you know, just have something, a little spark, a little something. You don't have to be ostentatious, but something that's going to cause memorable events. And yes. uh, and you can have yes. this for you know a lot and of it's, money. It's and it's obviously worked. It's obviously worked because you've created <laughs> yeah. a an incredible. Sure. Oh my God, what a career! We are talking to Victoria Wick. Her her book is called "Are You Sitting on a Million Dollar Passion?" Million Dollar Passion is the book, and how to turn an idea into a multi million dollar business. Victoria, real quick, what's the website? We'll come back and talk more. Yeah, they can go to milliondollarpassion.com or victoriawick.com. And, and we'll um, be... I help people turn their passion and purpose into their dream life. Okay. You know? We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Frankie Boyer, Biz Talk Radio. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. Frankie Boyer with Victoria. And Victoria, your new book is out. It's called it's Million not out Dollar. Yet. Uh, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's coming out. out. It's not out yet. It you, will they be can out. Come in, um, yeah, pre. They can register for it, like a release. Yes. It's not out yet. It's, it's called Million Dollar Passion. You really do believe in this great age of. <laughs> we are, as you, as you know, we're in the middle of the great resignation era, as they're calling it. And so you really believe that you can take an idea and make it into a multi-million dollar dream business so that you can live the life you've always dreamed of? Yeah, absolutely. I've done it. And I've done it with no money. Um, Frankie, when I started my company, I, I didn't even have money to make a single sample. So I had to sketch pieces out. You know, I went down to the Nordstrom, uh, Neiman Marcus, and uh, which you know in Beverly Hills. I told that lady at the counter. I said, you know, I um, I I hid my book. You know, and, and I was just kind of scoping it out. And I just said, I'm you know I'm um, I'm not here to shop. You know, they can probably tell I wasn't there to shop because you know, I was wearing clothes that were probably bought like at, at you know at a dollar store. And I just told them like I don't I don't have any you know. I'm not a businesswoman or anything like that, but I have dreams of, you know, becoming a jewelry designer. And you guys see the best of the best of the best. And can you, you know, just, if you will indulge me just to, can you just take a look at it? I'm embarrassed to show it to you, but could you just look at it and see if there's anything in here that might even be close to, you know, whatever. And when I showed her my book, I mean, the assistant manager was like, oh my God, these are beautiful. We, we can sell these like right now. And I said, well, for how much? And she goes, it doesn't matter. You know, my customers don't even care about prices. They're, they don't they don't want anything that's in the case. They want something that's new and different and beautiful. So then I went to Saks, same thing. Um, and then I realized I knew that their world, you know, the Neumanns and Saks and Beverly Hills was not the rest of the world because I lived on the other side of the world. So I then continued doing this with my sketchbooks. So what I, the point I'm trying to say is because you don't have money, you know, that doesn't mean it has to stop you, you know, before you even begin. In fact, I encourage you to start the business with no money. Why should you risk any money 
today. You know, you've earned hard. You, that money, whatever you have, is not worth risking. Today, you know, Frankie, when I was starting my business, there was no internet. You know, there was no free um, way to test something. Today, you can test 50 different ideas all day long on social media, right? So it could yes. be started for free. And, and the other thing before um, we end this segment, I want to really instill this value system for everyone who is listening is this. You know, there are three to five million people every month quitting their jobs. And, um, you know, they're ditching horrible bosses, horrible commutes and all of this. What I want to say is that I made money. I made, you know, a lot of money by not looking for money. So in my family, um, we, my, my grandmother always told me, you're not successful until you have all these five things in balance. And those five things are, first and foremost, is health. Without health, you don't, can't even enjoy the money even if you had it. Second thing is the quality of your personal relationships. And then, you know, like your parents, your kids, um, your, you know, close uh, friends. Third thing is uh, wisdom, which is, she would say it's like moral values. And then the fourth thing is consistency. How, how long could you have all those four things? Then the money comes. So the fifth thing is wealth. And wealth does do something for you. So I try to follow that. I try to, you know, live a very healthy life. Um, and then, you know, my personal relationships with my kids, my parents, very, very close. And then everything else followed. I never budged on my moral values. You know, when those big companies like HSN, ShopHQ, they wanted me to lower prices, lower quality, whatever, so they can get more volume and quality that they can't see. And I'm like, but I know it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to compromise on that. If I know it's low quality, then it's off the table, period. Right. You know, and yet, I and like yet, that. I like what? that. Yes. Yes. And That's you know, an awesome there are very trait. few people alive today that could say they sold over 10 million pieces of jewelry in America. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. That is so much. And, and not only that, but you also helped your father get his acupuncture license in this country. Yeah. yeah. That's really very important. This you know, he brought us here. He struggled. He was a very intelligent man. He He's like a third generation acupuncturist. And he I knew that he always wanted to get his license here and he couldn't practice. So I actually sent him back to a uh, four year medical college. Um, and guess what? He he graduated with the highest honors. And then he eventually became president of several different acupuncture universities, both here in the U.S. as well as in Korea. And, um, you know, it's just, um, and I put my mother back to school as well. And I was a kid still, like I was still, you know, helping my own family, but, but helping my father, you know, that was a huge burden, by the way, several thousand bucks a month, but oh, it was bet. important to yeah. me and I did it. And, you know, he died, um, he's not with us anymore, but he died having fulfilled all his dreams. Oh, so that's so wonderful. And I know that you are part of the global society of female entrepreneurs and you just continue to give back and back and back and your passion has led you down a road where as a as a woman that came to this country with nothing i mean 
Victoria, when I think about what you have accomplished and what you continue, continue to do day in and day out, it's extraordinary. Thank you. You know, I just want all of you who are listening to just kind of, um, I'm not here, I'm not on this show to talk about myself or anything. You know, when, when we talk about $30, let me just put that into like a visual my father used to come home with one single orange. Like, that's all he could buy. He couldn't buy two, three pounds of it. One single orange. He was stuck, you know, like split into eight sections. There were seven people in my family. And um, my little brother got two pieces. Everyone got one piece. So, but we stuck together as a family. We still kept, you know, our hope alive because that's the only choice we had. So I know things are tough out there for you. I know that, you, you know, even when, things are not tough, you'll have peaks and valleys. And when you do something, anything worth doing, you are going to have, you know, failures, you're going to stumble. But when you do, you just have to, you know, kind of um, all rejection is just feedback and all, you know, like failures or falls, you have to learn to fall forward. Um, You know, just pick up the pieces and uh, believe in yourself, believe in your fellow human beings. And I also believe in karma. If you, you know, are good and you, you know, give and give and give, um, somewhere down the line, you're going to be the beneficiary of, you know, some mysterious miracle that you didn't expect from out of nowhere. My oh, whole absolutely. life is full of that, you know. Oh, I, I have Victoria, events that you work. have got to come yeah. back. When is, when is the book out, Million Dollar Passion? When will it be out? It'll be out sometime this fall, and uh, but in the meantime, okay. um, any of you can. I give a lot of free webinars on storytelling mastery. You know, if you're um, whether you are in public, you know, uh, arena like a speaker, or if you're in a you know corporation. Sure, give us the website. Your, yeah, you still need Real to build quick. your personal brand. So victoriawick.com and register for anything you have. It's all free. And uh um, we gotta run. Thank you people, so much. You know? Oh yes, Thank you're so you. wonderful. We gotta Thank run. You. We'll be back in a moment. Frankie Boyer, Biz Talk Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back. Frankie Boyer, Biz Talk Radio. Well, I don't know about where you are, but have you heard about this dry January, dry January, where people are giving up their alcoholic beverages just for the month. 
and seeing what life is like without having the wine and without having that cocktail. And it's an interesting concept. It really is. Joining us to talk about addiction, recovery, and her new book, Freedom, is Concepta McNamara. And it is such a pleasure. You're a life coach. And as a life coach, you understand the the problems with addictions. And that addiction may not be for people the dry January and they realize they really miss their alcohol more than they were hoping to. But it could be the food issue. It could be the compulsive spending. It could be the gambling. It could be 101 different. It could be the phone that you're addicted to or TikTok or whatever. And and it's a real problem, though, in our country addiction, isn't it? Yes. How you doing, Frankie? Thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, it is. And um, I think more and more people are are becoming more addicted, like you mentioned, devices and stuff. Um, I, I love the concept of dry January. My own journey started in March. I didn't call it dry March, but um, it was the first time I remember putting the drink down. And I really had no idea how connected I was to it until, you know, I decided to put it down. So it's an interesting journey. What was the outcome for you? The outcome is 30 plus years of continuous sobriety and a life beyond my wildest dreams. That is so awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. 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 Okay. So for people listening, and and millions of people have been doing this dry January, What? how do you know if you have a problem? Well, if you don't have a problem, then it shouldn't be a problem to put it down. I know that might sound very simple. Some people, it is a habit, and then the habit becomes an addiction. But, um, you know, if it really isn't a problem then it will not be evident that it is. If it is, I think you will start to feel a little antsy at that time that you pour that drink or might get a little more agitated. It's really important, I think, to become mindful. You know, if you make a conscious effort to have a dry January or push it to February, given that we're already halfway through January, regardless of what month it is, you know, just become really mindful of your patterns, your thoughts, your anxiety, and, and journal. That would be probably one of the first things I would do. Just get to know yourself without that crutch or without that, Yes. you know. I was just on, uh, I was on Facebook the other day, and I was noticing that there was this big joke around that, you know, let's let's make... Uh, Feb 29th, 30 and 31st, a dry February. And, and of course there, it's, it's only 28 days in the month. And so I just, it was, it was very funny. Who's with me on this one. And, and that's part of the problem is that when we look at the, the patterns of drinking 
And I go back to my old, old, oh my God, a lifetime ago when I was once an alcoholism counselor. And, mm-hmm. and we had that expression, if you need a drink to be social, that's not social drinking. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and back in those days when if you looked at someone else's drinking, it made you feel better. Yeah, misery loves company. <laughs> And so, you know, how can I have a problem? They they drink just as much as I do, or they eat just as much, whatever it might be. I use that excuse for years. I grew up in Ireland, and, you know, most people know that it's it's a very social thing. It's where people congregate. They hang out. To me, drinking was normal. I had a brother who didn't drink, and I thought he was the odd one out. So it definitely has a lot to do with your environment. And a lot of drinkers are not going to gravitate towards sober people. It'll, you know, right. you end up meeting your own tribe. And again, if there's people worse than you in your tribe, so to speak, you'll always kind of say, well, if I get that bad or, you know, meanwhile, you know, when you're pointing a finger at someone, the three pointing back at yourself. And it's not easy to take a look at yourself at times. People just kind of go through life. They get jobs, they get careers, they become moms, wives, husbands, whatever the case may be. And a lot of people don't even, you know, take the time. I think in part the pandemic in the last couple of years gave a lot of people the opportunity to to go to time out. And some people have really, you know, taken that opportunity and, and better their life. And I also think... Unfortunately, there's other people that just went deeper into their addiction. Yes, I think so. I I know that this was a very, very tough for so many people, this pandemic, and many people, unfortunately, that had had sobriety from alcohol and from drugs and from other issues had fallen and fallen badly. Um, but we're now almost, you know, we're going into our third year. But it's also an opportunity, and 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 I'd love for you because you are someone who helps countless people transform their personal and professional lives. Mm. So share with us a little bit of how you do this, and and someone listening can say, okay, she's got my ear. Now what? (laughs) Yeah, one of the things I find probably the most helpful and it's not something you kind of suggest that the client or member or whoever you work with to do in the first you know one or two sessions but I think it's really important once you've established a connection with someone that does want to take a look at their drink and I work with people that just want to modify it I work with people that are sober I work with people at different uh, states of, of recovery but one of the things I think is really important is for them to be able to to write out in their own words what their life was like, you know, because you can have five people grow up in the in the same home and have five very different stories. They're all true, but it's really understanding how you saw it and what mindset you had at the age of seven or twelve or fifteen, and then how you handled any traumas and stuff that you may have gone through. And trauma can be anything from a spouse, you know, or or a dad just, you know, dying or abuse or alcoholism, it can manifest in many, many different aspects, you know, wanting to be an A student and perfectionism and 
there's like so many branches, but it's really important to know the story you tell yourself, you know, even as a young teenager and how you handle the thoughts because everything really is between our ears. But unless and until we can understand where we've come from, you know, and a lot of times, you know, if we are experienced trauma as kids, the bruise might be gone away, but what it's done to your mind and how it's left you thinking and how it's left you feeling less than. A lot of times, you know, especially in my own life, I felt so much comfort when I found alcohol. I literally could just kind of have two or three drinks and my blood pressure would drop, my shoulders would drop, and I would start to feel part of. And every so, single one of us really wants to just feel part of. But as yes. long as we're looking outside of ourselves for that and for that Band-Aid, unless and until we really take a look at ourselves and what wounds we need to heal, underneath every addiction is pain. You know, that sounds simple, and, and, and it's not, but it's, it is the truth. Your own story, and we'll talk a little bit more about it in our next segment. We're getting we're getting close to our break, but I, I don't want you to get into it right now. But you talk about, and you're very open about your abuse, your alcoholism, and your recovery. And I just mm-hmm. want people to have hope today when they hear your segment because sure. you're a perfect example conceptor of what can really happen and, and change in one's life. It's a matter of just reclaiming yourself, you know, and there's a whole process to that. That just is a sentence for some people, but to really understand that it's, it's an inside job. I, I wish I could have bought it. <laughs> I have bottled it and sold it, <laughs> but it's, it's not out there. It's inside. And that's yes. the mistake we make. We look for it in food and we look for it in distractions. Everywhere. And, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So when we come yeah. back from break, we will continue. Um, give us the best website, please. It's concepta.life and concepta is spelt just like concept with an A at the end. Concept concepta.life and we'll be back in just a moment with concepta this is frankie boyer biz talk radio stay tuned Welcome back, Frankie Boyer. Sometimes our thoughts, beliefs, and past experiences can limit our ability to move forward. And I'm I'm reading this beautiful passage from Concepta's website. Welcome back to BizTalk Radio. Your new book, Freedom, and was it hard for you to, to put it all out there, Concepta? I started that journey when I got sober at 22, and it took 30 years to actually put it out there. So once I decided that I wanted to do that to help other people, it became like a, a fun mission. And I really had a lot of the healing done prior to, you know, what it looks like exposing myself. So I already had done a lot of work. So it, it, it really wasn't that difficult knowing that I would be helping other people also. So how how do you take, if you are someone that thinks you might have a problem or you're someone that is wondering, do you have a problem? 
should you take the challenge of doing a dry month or a dry I would absolutely say that whether it's a, a month or a day or, you know, some people are daily drinkers, just starting with a day at a time. You know, you can give yourself that month that might be even too long, maybe go to two weeks, um, whatever is your comfortable number. And more so than anything, just be aware of your moods and patterns and behaviors when you don't have that drink on that time that you're used to. And Concepta, when you work with with clients, what's the hardest piece of this addiction story? Oh, the hardest thing I think is to see and hear them think that they cannot do this, that they just are doomed, and that is so not the reality. And it's so important to get some time away from the abuser, whether it's a person, whether it's food, whether it's, you know, the self-sabotaging with food or the drink, get away from it long enough just to clear up your thinking enough. Because I used to think that alcohol was the glue that was keeping me together. And you couldn't convince me otherwise of that when that was my belief. And then when I got away from it long enough, I actually saw how it was actually preventing me from being close to people. I didn't know how to be close to people. Alcohol was my best friend. I, I'm sure that, that many people can relate to that. And so when they find out that, wait a minute, this is not fun drinking, this is not social drinking, this is serious now, what's the next step? It's like a death, you know, it's, it's a grieving process. Uh, for me, I did most of my drinking in bar rooms. I know a lot of people do it in homes or wherever they are. And I think it's even more challenging for the people that are at home and hiding it, if that's the case. For me, you know, I needed to go to, I didn't need to, but I went to a bar. So I literally had to stop going to the places where I did that. And now obviously if you're at home, it's going to be a little more challenging. But if you want to give up sugar, get it out of the house. If you want to give up cigarettes, get rid of them. If you want to give up, you know, alcohol, be in an alcohol-free environment. That would be the first start. And second step would be? Ask for help. Ask for help. Let somebody know whether it's your doctor. And if, you know... And nowadays, there is so much help. You can go on the Internet. You can find recovery groups. You can find AA meetings. They're all free. You know, there's meetings at 7 in the morning, 2 in the afternoon, 7 at night. And there's a lot of people now that are used to Zoom. It would not be my favorite way of recovery, but there are people that I've worked with in the last couple of years who don't even know what it's like to be in a meeting with other people because they're so used to you know, the Zoom connection. Uh, sometimes people love to hide behind that. It doesn't matter whether you're, you know, you can keep your screen off, just get connected to other people that are on the same journey so you know you're not alone. And if you're counting the days, you know, um, that's a big sign. But give us what you think 
alcoholism a definition is? I was physically not, I, I was not physically addicted. And it's probably because I stopped drinking at the age of 22, but I was emotionally addicted. I literally felt that I would wake up on a Monday and I wasn't a daily drinker, but I'd wake up on a Monday and my mind would go to Thursday night when I can drink again or Friday night when I can drink again. And I literally was not even living through that week because I was so looking forward to that next time I could drink. And I had this mentality at a very young age, you know, 12, 13. I didn't see it then. But then it just became such a way of life. And everything I did revolved around my drinking, my friends, my conversation. And I almost really didn't know how to connect without having that liquid courage. And when, what was it that took you from at such a young age to realize that, wait a minute, this is a real problem? I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I do remember looking back, this wonderful gentleman used to come into where I worked every day. And I used to think he was just kind of lonely and bored and wanted to talk to me. But he literally planted the seed for me. He had been five years sober and I had no idea. And he literally saw the condition oh, I love showed that. up for work and every yeah. day. Love and, that. Yeah. Uh, it is. It's just meeting somebody else that, that, and we all meet the right people when we're ready. Oh, absolutely. I think so. I truly believe that. I truly believe that. But as a life coach, I, I'm just curious what your thoughts are about the, the great resignation that's happening right now in our country. We were, just talking with Victoria about being an entrepreneur, but people are wanting balance. People want more. And, oh, I didn't realize I got so involved in the conversation. We're out of time. Oh, my gosh. Concepta, please give us the website. Concepta.life. And it's .life, not .com. Concepta.life. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you. And we are... I, that's it. We're all done for today. Thanks for listening. This has been another edition of the Frankie Boyer Show for BizTalk Radio. Make it a great day, everybody. And as always, smile. And maybe tomorrow You'll see that life is still worthwhile If you just smile Somebody